here present with us and those on the internet connected by way of technology welcome in the name of the Lord
together tonight. How many believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Why we have his word that declares all the promises. If you can claim them and you can receive them in yourself, they're yours to possess. He is the word made flesh today. That's what the scriptures say. So nice to have each and every one of you make it here this evening. Those that weren't able to to get in, it's a small group. We just pray that the presence of God is there with them as well. Amen. How many have a need upon your heart tonight? Do you want to remember St. John family dealing with uh, symptoms? Um, What's his name? I can't remember. Samuel. Samuel's name escaped me. The Lord spoke to Samuel one day when Samuel was asleep. He was a young boy and didn't know exactly what was going on. And maybe the Lord would speak to Samuel today. He's having problems with uh, some headaches and and nausea. and doesn't know exactly what's going on, but the Lord knows. So we want to hold Samuel up in our prayers this evening. If you have a need upon your heart, just desire the Lord to minister to you, to a loved one someone that you have on your heart, why don't you just reach out your hand to him this evening with every eye closed and our heads bowed reverently. Father, we approach your throne of grace this evening. You've given a promise, Lord, that where two or three would gather in your name, that that's where you would be found. You sent a prophet in this day to vindicate that that gathering you would be present at. He would turn his back to a congregation and he would speak out names and he would speak out addresses and the color of eyes that a person would have, their clothes, their outward appearance. And then he would go beyond that into the spirit realm and he would say, you were chased by a dog when you were but a little girl. Lord, he could go back because you were giving him the vision that only a prophet can see. But Lord, then you would deal with the soul realm. You would bring a person dark condition to a bright and clear and sunny day Lord where they could express the joy on their face that something different had happened down on the inside Lord we're asking for nothing less than that today Lord where there's a physical need in the congregation Lord maybe out on the internet would you make yourself real to them bring that physical wrong and make it right lord maybe there's one in their spiritual realm lord that is struggling today lord you can deal with the spiritual realm so easily lord the devil would fight and the devil would throw about and cause dismay and turmoil but lord you're the one that calms the sea so lord would you come and step on the edge of our little boat as it were and speak peace to the troubled seas this evening lord if there's one that has kneeling need of a healing of the soul realm Lord, you are the great healer. You're the great physician. Lord, you made a way. You shed your blood on Calvary that we could freely accept the gift of eternal life, salvation, Lord. Would you come this evening, take our brother John, a very willing vessel, very capable, a gift that is placed within a man. Would you take that gift this evening? Allow it to minister to your people, both here in the visible audience and So often we say those that are connected by way of the internet. Lord, we love them with the great love. You love them even more than we can say. For you've made a way for us to have fellowship one with another. We pray that you would take this service this evening. Though it may not be much, Lord, you don't need a lot. You just need a willing heart. A 
willing spirit to surrender to you. So that's what we do this evening, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you and ask that you would have your perfect will and way. Remember those that minister among us. Ask that you would strengthen them today. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen, amen. God bless you as you have your seats this evening. Did you have something you wanted to sing? Yeah. Ask Brother Ryan. We appreciate Brother Ryan and the gift that God has given Brother Ryan. And ask him if he can sing. We miss it so much. It's uh, nice when we can be here together and, and enjoy a song. We have new drummer occasionally we get a a new musician on the platform we only have a very small handful of musicians but when we miss one we're missing them so we have brother mark for a service brother mark aho is here and brother jeremy's been very faithful to be able to play and he's just up with some family on the other side of the border so he can't just slip back for church as we know and then go back up again so god bless brother jeremy while he's away Amen. We'll enjoy a special this evening and then turn the service right to our brother John Andes tonight. God bless you this evening. This is nothing particularly special, but it's a song that I love because it's a, it's a declaration. So we know it and you can just sing it along with us. You know, a lot of songs talk about trials, but some songs talk about trials in a different way. And I love this song because it just goes through just answer the declaration of that the anchor holds i think we can identify with that so please don't let it just be entertainment just enter in and sing with me if you would i have journeyed through the long dark night out on the open sea
Oh, 
Cloverdale, here in the chapel or in your homes around the world. Oh, God, we lift up our voices tonight, Jesus. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the glory of God and your praises, Lord. Jesus, you are mighty, you are glorious. We praise you, Lord, for being our Redeemer, being our Lord, being our Savior, being our Healer. You are everything to us. Oh, Mother of our hearts, our future home, our Father, everything to us, Lord. Your Word is everything to us. Oh, we want to praise you and thank you, Lord, as we come into your presence. Just ready to hear your word now. Just ready for the word to be sown down into the deep places of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this word and this opportunity even tonight to gather in your precious name. To be able to lift up holy hands and lift up our praises and worship you. We have another opportunity, Lord, to hear your word in freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Speak now, Lord. Thank you for the songs and the prayers, the testimonies, even we heard this morning. Let the character of Christ come through the suffering. Let these hearts and men and women, Lord, fit to rule, fit to rule in heavenly places. Bless your word now to our hearts as we give you this service and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. And musicians, thank you, Brother Derek. I just, you just have your seats for a moment. Thank you to everyone that made this service possible. And to those that are gathered in Cloverdale, it's so nice to see the house full of believers there and also to see the chapel full tonight those that can make it and fill up this place that so many times the lord has come and dealt with many many souls on this ground these 43 acres brother Derek, that the lord has come hundreds of times and dealt with hearts and one of those young men i remember praying for right here giving his heart to the lord and this is his last service uh tonight uh, before he's going to get married next Saturday. Brother Ryan Snow, would you stand to your feet? This is Brother Ryan's last Sunday. Let's give him a round of applause and acknowledgement. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you, Brother Ryan. Hallelujah. The first thing is salvation. And the next thing is a godly maid. And Brother Ryan will be traveling back to Michigan and Ohio to uh, be united next Saturday with his lovely uh, bride, and we are congratulating you, Brother Ryan. It all continued here right in this building. And we just pray as we always drive into this campgrounds that the same Lord Jesus that has dealt with our children and young people. Over the years, I'm staying in a little cabin up the hill, and I understand a lot of the young ladies uh, specifically have stayed in that cabin. And I remember uh, even Sister Alicia, all the years of the young people you being a counselor and some of the young ladies that it's not in vain. It's not in vain. And that the Lord would just bless their lives and bless their families as many of them have gotten older and some have children. And we thank the Lord for that. Tonight we want to bring greetings and love from Brother Biscoe, our pastor, and um, Brother Tom Ray. Uh, 
Brother Tom wanted to be able to greet you tonight, but wasn't able to. Brother Tim Dodd gave me a prayer request tonight. He said, please remember his son Gideon. Uh, Gideon, he was asked, do you want three or four cookies? And he said, three. So Brother Tim feels like something is definitely wrong. Amen. He didn't want four cookies. (laughs) Brother Tim knows sometimes we need a little light, uh, something to ease our nervousness. So God bless you, Brother Gideon. And may the God bless those three cookies. Amen. (laughs) Brother Murphy uh, sends his love and greetings as you have sensed this morning. And Brother Michael Ray, we were able to be with all of these brothers this week um, and share uh, and being with them, which is so needful and necessary at this time. And the Canadian government has uh, made it just essential for ourselves to cross at least temporarily. And so we've been able to be with them and some of the ones on the other side of the border. And all of them uh, send their love and their greetings to you tonight. Amen. We're glad to be together. And we're glad for this connection. And glad for everyone that's gathered uh, in their homes or wherever you are. We have one more service, at least tonight, to be able to gather like this. And we're not guaranteed next Sunday or next week or next month. But we do have tonight. And we're getting ready to go to our future home. Tonight I'd kind of like to end uh, some thoughts we've been sharing over the last month. And I just want to share maybe toward the end of the service. Maybe the secret of why we've approached the word this way. Back in August we spoke on young forever. Just speaking of our new bodies and that other side. And last Sunday we spoke on the future home is our home. And uh, really focusing on the future home a little bit. And tonight I'd like to speak on that other land is calling to us. That other land is calling to us. So let's stand tonight and we'll turn right to the word. In John chapter 14. Thank you musicians and brother Derek. We just so appreciate the ones that have even on the Cloverdale side that just service after service bless us and linger even at the end to uh, create an atmosphere you know the word of God is the most important thing how many would agree with that the word of God put into the pot is able to take away all the poison all the things of a situation that might seem stumbling or out of order as we pray for brother Samuel St. John tonight for his breathing and the Lord would just go to him right now and give him rest. Someone is going to fulfill this vision. Someone is going to fulfill the prophecy of God. And it might as well be you. It might as well be us. We don't have anything to be sad about tonight. We don't have one thing to be miserable about or go through. So nice to see you, Sister Elizabeth Diaz. So nice to have you, one of our widows indeed, in the service. God bless you. Excuse me. Someone is going to fulfill this. John chapter 14. But I wanted to ask one question before we read the scripture. Who has drank coffee today in the congregation? Raise your hand. Who's drank coffee? Who drank coffee yesterday? Who has drank coffee this whole week at least one time? So, all right. Tonight you might hear something that you heard before. You say, I read that before. Or, you know, you've spoke on that before. But... Do you know you repeat what you love? 
And so just because you read this scripture before, you heard another minister say, don't mean, oh, you know, I heard that and I'm going to tune out the service. All of you that love coffee, you love every every single cup. And you're probably going to drink one tomorrow and the next day. You say, but I just drank it yesterday. None of you think that way. Unless your spouse is saying you drink too much, you know. Or, no, so let's, as we hear the word of God, let's just let it be fresh. Let it be something we love. Let's, let's, we only have just a few minutes to be together tonight, alive here. And so we want to grab a hold of that. Grab a hold of that. Say, God, come and meet with us. John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus speaking to us. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we cannot, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, You should have known my father also, and from henceforth, or from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip, which was another disciple, saith unto him, Lord, show us the father, and it sufficeth us. In verse 2, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. In verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it satisfieth us. Or show us the Father's house, and we will be contented. If I can just have a vision of the Father's house, I'll be satisfied. God bless you. You can have your seats. That other land... Is calling to us. That other land. Is calling to us. No matter where you're at tonight. A son or daughter of God. A real child of God. Is hungering and thirsting. For another place. And if you'd like to take some notes tonight. Or write down some things. This is from things that are to be. Brother Branham's. One of his last services, things that are to be. He said a real child of God is hungering and thirsting. Why? If there's something in your heart telling you you want it and it needs there, it shows there's something pulsating trying to pull you there. He's talking about that other side or that new body. If there's something you're hungering and thirsting, Something in your heart telling you you want it and it needs it there. It shows there's something pulsating trying to pull you there. There's a body there that this one is a type of. He said, are you looking towards heaven? There's something up there. You're glorifying God in your life. 
Tonight, if you're hungering and thirsting, something in your heart pulsating for something up there, that means there's something there pulling you. There's a body there, and this one is a type of it. He says, looking towards heaven, there's something up there. You're glorifying God with your life. Then he quoted our scripture, because that was his scripture in John 14. In my father's house, listen closely tonight. In my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. I'll go and prepare a place for you and come again. Receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also things that are to be. These things that are now are only potential calling for the things that is to be. Hallelujah. Everything in this natural life isn't really real. Say, how can you say that? Because that's what's going to burn up one day. Everything that is carnal and man-made and natural is just going to burn up one day. But there's something real inside of a believer that is calling for another place. And I hear the call tonight. You have felt that pull even this week and groaning. If you are a son or daughter of God, you are groaning for another place. And even if you're a person that's out of your place... And we're going to get into this just in a little bit. If you're stumbling through life and maybe falling into the water and, and do you, maybe the Lord will give you an encouragement tonight that you are still fulfilling the vision. Things that are to be, these things that are now are only potential calling for the things that is to be. In another Easter message in Jeffersonville, Brother Branham said, our own life is just a pattern. It's just a shadow. And not the real thing. It's the negative side. It takes death to develop the picture. To put us back into the theophany we come from. Then in the resurrection we come in his likeness. A resurrected body. What a beautiful. He said not only beautiful. But it is the real solemn truth of God's eternal word. That we will be like him. Hallelujah. Every son and daughter of God will be like him. And this is the suffering that Brother Murphy was speaking about that God has taken us through now as believers and the, and the character molding process. But tonight I want to just take you again on a visit to that other place beyond the curtain of time. And I believe it would help us all so much if we would just have a vision. And let God drop that inspiration down into our hearts that there is a land that is calling louder than the things around us. The things of the world would grow strangely dim. And tonight, that's what we want to see happen with all of our hearts. If you have your Bible open still to John chapter 14, verse 8. Remember, these were the disciples of Jesus hearing him speak about their theophany or in my father's house and talking about the father's house. And, and, and they were talking about going to prepare a place for you and brother Branham making that more clear that our theophany is calling to us. And it's a word body that he's gone to prepare a place for us. In John 14 verse eight, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father. And it sufficeth us. I just thought it was so amazing as we speak about the family and our home. 
our eternal home. That last Sunday we, we heard Brother Branham say out of the future home in a prayer, dear Jesus, this hope, my hopes build on nothing less, Lord. That's the mother of my heart. That city, the great king, that he talks about the mother of our heart being the future home, being the other side. And then he said in John 14 that in my father's house are many mansions showing that the father and the mother, this is an eternal uh, dimension that God is speaking from. He's the mother of my heart or that city on Mount Zion is not just a, a city like a house or a building, but it's actually a people. It is the people of joy that he is filling their hearts. But a mother, as we spoke on last Sunday, is the strength giver in the family. She's the nourisher one as a little fretting baby would nurse from its mother to get consolation and get some rest. So our El Shaddai, the presence of God, it gives us rest, gives us consolation and gives peace to the sons and daughters of God. And Philip heard about that and he said, oh, if I could just see the father, it would suffice me. Maybe he was speaking on behalf of the congregation when he said, show us the father and it sufficeth us. Or if we could just see the father, we would be contented. We would be satisfied on a Sunday night, September the 20th, 2020. If we could just see the father, it would be it would be sufficient, Lord. It would just be enough. It it would just possess us and give us unfailing strength. Show us the Father's house, and that is what will satisfy us. When we hear about the Father's house, this is John 14, verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. A house speaks of a kingdom. And Brother Branham in Future Home talked about a house, and it speaks of a kingdom. In my Father's kingdom are many mansions, are many palaces. And that word house in John 14 goes much deeper than just a house. But it's actually a home. It speaks of the household or the family. The wealth of the whole family is deposited in the home, in the house. Or the goods of the father is in the house. And when you think about the father's house or a future home, it's the house of God. It's the tabernacle. It's the place where one has fixed his residence. And this is what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 65, uh, verse 17, that I go to create a new heavens and a new earth. And I will create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. I create this people a joy. So he's not talking about just a pyramid city coming down with jasper and gold, but he's speaking about the character of a people. A multi-membered body, a body hast thou prepared for me. That is the house. That is the dwelling place. And to hear Brother Branham speak about this brings us so much joy for even tonight. Has anybody here this last week been doing any sighing? Any crying? No one here? Any groaning? Any travailing? You say... Brother John, I hear the voice. I hear something calling to me. That is your new body. That is that other place, Brother Stephen. That is that place 
where there will be no tear to dim the eye. But all is peace forevermore. It's more than a fantasy. It's more than something out of Hollywood or Paris. It's more than a dream. This is reality. And just in concluding tonight's service, I want to bring the secret of why we've been speaking this way for the last month. Actually, way back to even when we were speaking from our little office at our home and trying to convey this. This is really the core of it all. And that is if you can get a believer to just have that visitation and experience their future home and look beyond the curtain of time, it would give them so much strength now to just keep pressing on. As we mentioned, we were speaking to an elder couple and and the sister said, one that's been a believer, been a Christian since she was five years old. She was sighing and crying. And now even today, after we hear of other churches and other believers being afflicted, even yesterday, personally, uh, being connected and praying with those that had contracted the virus and those that had been tested and it came back negative and they were rejoicing. But with one, we rejoice and one with another, we, we sorrow. But that is the heart of the shepherd, the great shepherd bearing. He says, I know, I see what you're going through. He He is our healer tonight. No matter what the doctors have said. And this world is going through great struggle. And you can see the fabric of it is being torn apart. And Isaiah 66 said, where is the house that you are building for me? Now it's not just God preparing a house. But what kind of house are believers preparing for this promise? Are you preparing a house? Do you have any time for this kind of word in your life? Or have we become so busy? Have we become so dull that it's, it's grabbed our passion? I've seen it, friends. I've seen the fire and the passion of so many being lost. But we have families like Brother Ray and his family moving from the UK and his mother has now joined them uh, just as it's in quarantine right now. But we hope to see her face very soon. But to know that Brother Ray has lost his father just in the last few uh, months or weeks and he couldn't even be with his father. And we see this distancing and pulling away that right in the middle of that trial, God says, I am with you. I have never forsaken you. In fact, I want to come closer to you by revealing to you that other place is less than two feet from where you're at tonight. Your theophany is pulling like a magnet saying, come up just a little bit higher. John being a type of the believer. Come up a little bit higher, John. Come on up, Sister Ashley. Come on up, Sister Michelle. Come on up, Brother Anthony. I have a place prepared for you that if you can ever catch a vision of this place. Hallelujah. Thank God I want to go to that place. And to know that right in this season, the Lord has been dealing with the different ministers And speaking on that presence and in in the last couple of weeks with our brother Tim Dodd on joy and a great joy, not knowing that at the end of that service, after a brother had gone, after a mother had gone, after the ministry had left the platform, one of our teenagers walks forward all by herself and gives her heart to the Lord. Aren't you thankful? That's not emotion. That's not a big pull. That is someone hearing from that other dimension. To know that Sister Abigail, her own name means my father's joy. 
That in this season of time, let it be like a like a great uh, witness to our congregation. That the ministry speaking on joy and a great joy that God would bring one of our youth, one of our young people to awaken and arouse to their senses. That they don't have to be married to a churlish, evil, a first husband, but that can be broken. Do you remember Abigail in the scripture was married to Nabal and he was evil and hard and cruel. He was a severe person. He was so difficult and intense and stubborn. And when he saw David coming, he gave no graces to David or his mighty men. But Abigail, well, the Bible says she had good understanding and a good prudence. The Bible said she had good understanding. She was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. So when she heard about David, just listen tonight, and how he had been rejected and his mighty men had been kind of slattered, uh, just kind of slapped in the face. She brought gifts for fellowship. She had insight. She got a good sense of the situation and she gave attention to bring peace. To bring harmony and not trouble. And we find that David, as soon as Nabal heard of, of David coming, he fell. And within 10 days, he died. Immediately, David married Abigail, showing that God saw something in Abigail way before when she was married to Nabal. It was character. But David coming to his throne... Abigail saw David in a bad time of his life, in a bad season or a difficult struggle when he was a refugee, when he was a fugitive and wandering around. But her very presence and her testimony brought life and brought pleasure back to David and brought him joy and brought him satisfaction before he came to the throne. And that was the inspiration when we're just baptizing Sister Abigail. What a privilege it is that even David in his desert experience, the only thing he had to offer her was a promise and an anointing that one day, one day it's going to be different and we're going to sit on the throne. Today to know that there's not just one Abigail, but many. The bride is his satisfaction. Hallelujah. You have been created to be the joy of Almighty God. Oh my, in a time of so much unbelief and global unbelief and darkness, the only joy to God is his bride. Hallelujah. Oh, I keep listening, Brother Ryan, for a different sound. I hear the sound of the angels collecting those last ones that are getting themselves ready. Maybe someone that's wayward tonight, away from God, that God would bring them back to their right mind, bring them back to their right senses. Lord, do whatever it takes, Lord, to bring our sons and our daughters back to their ought-to-be place. Friends, you as older ones and you that have given your heart to the Lord. I was just thinking, Brother Derek, up in my cabin. How many of you older ones, God came by your way and dealt with you when you were a sinner. And you were wayward. And God dealt with you and and softened your heart and brought you to a relationship with God. Isn't he wonderful? But if God did that for you, can he do that for your children? Someone that's been raised in the message or someone that might be wayward tonight to give them another chance and another vision of their future home. Can God do that? 
God did it for those that were in denominations or in, in the smut of the world. Can he do it for someone? They say, they've been sitting on a pew, Brother John. They've been in our Sunday school. They've been in our camps. I was their counselor. I was their associate counselor. And they're, they're far from God. But if God did it for you, can he do it for them? I see Brother Eddie Lambs here is again with his beautiful wife tonight and children and knowing that way back in Camp Kiwamas, we were able to be his counselor, him and Brother Wes Ardeal and others, and to know that years would go by and years would go by, Brother brother Eddie, and you go to his home, he still has the seven seals book that we gave him, just as a little cabin. How old was you then, Brother Eddie? Was he... 10 or 11, incredible, that years go by and you go to his house or visit their home and he'll pull out that seven seal book. Aren't you happy? There's been some good seed sowing throughout the years. Someone is going to fulfill the vision. So as we think about these things, Without love is just a building. But a house with love is a home. When he said he's making us a future home. Or I've gone to prepare a place. That isn't beyond the curtain of time. That experience brought to Brother Branham the reality. That that's what the Holy Ghost is. Is perfect love. In Revelations chapter 21 We're not going to have time to turn to these, but you can look them up later. Revelations 21 verse 3 speaks about the tabernacle of God. Chapter 21 verse 9 speaks about, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he showed him a great city, the holy Jerusalem. A great city. The holy Jerusalem. That city was not Vancouver. He did not show him Seattle. He did not show John Paris or Moscow or Hong Kong with all of their skyscrapers and all their millions of people. When God showed John a vision of that holy city, it was not London. It was not Cape Town. It was not Auckland or Perth, Australia, somewhere in South America. That holy city, that new Jerusalem, having the glory of God coming down was not the glory of a man or of a woman. It was Christ in a people. Hallelujah. And we hear in the last book of the Bible, we read it last Sunday. And I hope this remains the dominating atmosphere of your life. When we heard all about this story, the spirit and the bride says, come. It's an invitation. Come. I invite you. Let's, let's, let him that heareth. Let's come. Let's him that readeth say, come. We are living under this great blessing tonight of the promise of God and the vision being spread over our lives. Is everybody doing okay? Looks a little bit warm out there. The sun's coming in. You that are in Cloverdale, we have the sun coming in from this side, just heating up this chapel wonderfully. But it was so good to worship with you tonight. So fantastic to hear, Brother Derek, this whole chapel filled with hallelujahs and hands clapping. Oh, you talk about a day on the other side when we're all together. And no work tomorrow, no school tomorrow, no pain, no hospital visits tomorrow. But all will be changed. 
I hear that other land calling to me. Sister Patty, I hear a body calling to me that will never have a down day or a day of pain. Brother Branham improving his word. I want you to listen real closely tonight. This is the message after the future home. Brother Branham improving his word. Last Sunday, he was talking about a Sunday a week ago because it was two weeks later. I spoke on the subject of future home of the bride and the groom. And I think we were from 1,500 square miles around. And it happened to be that was exactly the measure of the city I was speaking about, 1,500 square miles. Listen to what Brother Branham said. This was two weeks ago, he's saying, because he had to take his children. And you'll need to follow this whole service because Brother Branham preaches a a three-and-a-half-hour service. On the future home. He has to go all the way from Indiana. All the way back to Arizona. Because his children had school. And he comes back to Jeffersonville. And speaks on proving his word. And he said. I've been feasting on that. The future home. Ever since. Knowing that when this life is over. I'm going to that city. I'm bound for that city. And nothing else matters. Hallelujah. From Jeffersonville, he had a lot of opportunity to go through St. Louis. And I don't know what Brother Nathan trip. You just made this trip. Went all kinds of places all the way back to Arizona. Then all the way back. But this future home was on his mind. He saw rivers. He saw great cities. He saw great architects. But for that two weeks, he said, knowing that when this life is over, I'm going to that city. I'm bound for that city and nothing else matters. Now, friends, tonight, this is Sunday night, but I wonder if that anointing could settle down upon this chapel that nothing else matters. I wonder there in Coverdale Bible Way, Brother Roy Florin and Brother Gill and Sister Karen and and Sharon and Brother Michael. I wonder tonight if that atmosphere could settle down within your heart and say, nothing else matters. Maybe we need to stay here long enough until nothing else matters. No sports matters. No job matters. No home I'm going to matters. That home could have burned down before you go back to it tonight. Your car doesn't matter. Amen, friends. We're talking about your health. So many's worried about their health. We're going to a place where you'll never worry about your health. Nothing else matters but your future home. It's amazing how much people has made education their God. And Brother Bradham said that's a great enemy of the gospel is education. And it causes people to go against godly teaching and the word of God. And you see even many of our young people and young adults being influenced by education. You don't have to be pulled that way. Our future home, our future home is the only thing that really matters. Sure, we have to have our jobs and school and things. Don't get Brother John wrong. It's amazing how many people twist things. But friends, nothing else matters but our future home. Brother Branham's tired, Sister Sherry. She just drove thousands of miles and come back. You can hear him in the pulpit. He's tired. And he says, what if the sun doesn't shine today? Or tomorrow never comes. What difference does it make? 
We've got a home, a resting place. Tired or not tired, we still have that resting place. Do you have that tonight? Do you have a resting place? Or are you wondering? Are you nervous? Are you upset? Are you troubled? Jesus spoke to that in our opening verse. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be filled with anxiety. Don't let the cares of this world bog you down. But we all have cares. But he said, he careth for you. Amen. He careth for you. You say, well, you say, well, no one cares. Yes, he cares for you. Maybe brother Derek, we can sing that at the end of the service. God cares. How many believe God cares? God cares about the situation. He cares about our young people. He cares about our families. He cares about our church. He cares about what we're going through. We've got a home. We've got a resting place. Tired tonight or not tired? We have a resting place. Oh my. Now I've got to get into something as last Sunday we spoke on the future home is our home. I need you to just dig down here deeper a little bit tonight and be spiritual. Because as I spoke last Sunday and I stayed overnight there in our little cabin up the hill into Monday. I wanted to hear the next service after the future home. I wanted to know how Brother Bradham carried this over into the next service. Are you interested? The very next service, Brother Bradham comes back to Jeffersonville. And I want you to notice how Brother Bradham had spent three and a half hours on the Sunday preaching about the future home and that new body. But he comes back the next service. This is very important. He said, the Lord willing, this is paragraph four. After he just prays, he says, the Lord willing, I want to be back here again next Sunday. If the Lord is willing. And I want a special service next Sunday. And I want to do something a little different than ordinary. I give this out so the people who might not be interested wouldn't have to come. So it's just like today. Some people aren't interested. Just like back then, Brother Branham's going to let them know what we're going to speak about next Sunday. And he actually took the next two Sundays. But he said to you that aren't interested, well, he said, uh, you might not be interested, wouldn't have to come. But he said, the next Sunday, I want to find out what's on the people's hearts. And I want you to write out today when you leave and lay it on the desk. And Brother Neville will give them to Billy Paul and to me what's on your heart. He said, if it's a Bible question, usually I have it that way, but I'm going to open it a little bit further now. Maybe there's some problem on your heart that you can't get it through somehow. Are you listening tonight? This is the next service after future home. He's announcing next Sunday we're going to have questions and answers because I want to find out what's on the people's heart. He said, like, you know, oh, maybe a domestic trouble. You don't have to sign your name to it, but my husband does so-and-so, and it hinders me. Or my wife does so-and-so, and there's a certain thing that has taken place in my life, or something you know, just what's on your heart, something that's troubling you. Now, Brother John was listening in my cabin, and as I started driving down the road, I thought, isn't that amazing? 
A prophet didn't take part to a future home and preach another three hours on the future home. He, he was a very balanced prophet and a very balanced son of God. He took the people into the heavens and the very next service, he wanted to know what was on their heart. Is there domestic trouble in your family? Is, what about your husband does so and so and it hinders you or my wife or there's a certain thing that's in my life. What's on your heart? Something that's troubling you. You say, oh, well, brother John, he, he surely he would have known preaching on future home. There's no more troubles in the church. No, he knew that we have the spiritual and we have to come back and live our lives. He said, I think that would be good. Do you? Then just find out there and maybe you ask the question and I might answer for somebody else. See, they may have the same trouble. So I want everyone to write out their questions and write in your questions because he said, I might answer for somebody else. They might have the same trouble. You know what, friends, no matter how spiritual a people we might be or claim to be, there's still troubles. And Brother Branham wanted to know what those trouble was. And don't be embarrassed to ask them, he said, because I'll answer the question. Somebody else might have the same trouble. You say, Brother John, it's still the same today. Say, oh, that's, that would be a foolish question. You know, that would be just foolish to ask that. No, someone else probably has the same question. And you just had enough nerve to write it down and put it on the pulpit. Much what Brother Branham said. Just what's on your heart and make it just as brief as possible. Like I have a child that seems to be going wrong. What must I do? I have a husband that won't come to church with me and he gets arrogant with me. What must I do? Or a wife the same way. Here's Brother Branham. He just took the people into the heavenlies for three and a half hours He comes back. You say, what would be his first service? His opening comments. I want to find out what's on your heart. And he starts out with domestic troubles. And maybe it's a husband that won't come to church and he gets arrogant. What must I do? Or a wife the same way. So a wife that would be arrogant, wouldn't want to come to church and things like that. Or or that he said, or, you know, the Bible says this in one place and this in another. I don't understand it. He said, I'd like to know what it means. And should I, in the case of a Christian, when I'm working at the office and the boss says such and such and such a thing, he asked me to go with him to a party. And in this party, they drink. What should I do? You know, things like it is on the human mind. We want you to. I thought that was incredible. Maybe Brother John's is real simple. Here's a prophet asking the people. That if there's a trouble or something you're going through in your family, I want to know about it. I'm interested and I'm not going to embarrass you. And I'm not going to think you're an unbeliever or foolish virgin if you ask the questions. Do you know he took the next Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, the next Sunday, the next Sunday morning, Sunday night, four services on questions and answers? And if you want to listen to those questions and answer services, it's 1964, August 23rd in the morning and in the night and August the 30th, the morning and the night. Num one, two, three, four. It was a prophet bringing the balance. 
that we can speak about our theophany and our future home. And I've gone to prepare a place, but coming right back down, I want to know what your troubles are. Is there domestic affairs? And you can listen to some of those uh, services. I was just finishing number four this afternoon in my little room. And Brother Branham's incredible. I mean, he talks about so many things, about uh, mixed colored racial marriages and different things like that. And uh, birth control, relationship, domestic marriages, young people issues, unbelieving family. I just thought, isn't that incredible? Then if you just continue to listen to the tape. And and remember, I'm I'm just speaking in a certain way. And then I'm going to just close tonight and give you the whole secret of why we've gone in this direction. Because Brother Bradham goes right from asking the congregation for their questions to right into paragraph 11. I'm glad this morning, somewhere in the congregation, this is proving his word, 1964, to have a very precious friend of mine, Brother Reverend Eddie Biscoe and his wife and children. I suppose they got into the meeting this morning. Eddie, are you here? Oh, maybe he couldn't get in. Yes. And he must have been way in the back. And he says, oh, no, that's not the amen corner, Eddie. You're welcome up here on the platform with us. Isn't that amazing? So I was driving down almost to Sumas, and I'm listening to Brother Branham speak about our pastor, speaking about Sister Ruth being there and Sister Linda, Sister Marilyn and Sister Joanne. They all three was there. And he begins to talk about Brother Eddie was along, I'm quoting now, when the Lord gave me the vision about the bear and the caribou. He was a young fella that had on a checkered shirt, Brother Eddie Biscoe. And I asked them if they had a checkered shirt, any of them. No, no one had one. He said, well, it's got to be a checkered shirt. There's going to be a big silver tip grizzly, some, some kind of a big animal that's got 42 inches on its horns like this. It looked like a deer. And that was about six months. I said, you know, before it happened long earlier in the year. And I was invited up there to go with this man to go hunting. And I never been back in that country. That little trail up on the Alaskan highway, there were nothing but woods and mountains and animals. And that night at the trailer, when I was telling Brother Biscoe back there and Brother Southwark, he said, well, we're going to we're going up in sheep country. Brother Southwark said, well, it won't be up there. That grizzly ain't going to be up there. There ain't going to be no caribou up there. And I said, yes, I said it was one of those little fellas was with me that had a checkered shirt on. But nobody had a checkered shirt. Brother Biscoe didn't have one. None of the rest of us had one. And the second night up, they spotted a ram way up above the timber line. That's way up there in the timber where it won't even grow. There's nothing but caribou and sheep. We had spotted some way away. And on the road that afternoon, Brother Biscoe had stumbled into some water and gotten wet. You say, and that's why I stopped the tape driving down the mountain. I thought, Lord, maybe there's a believer stumbling in their experience. They stumble into this and wonder about that and wonder what's going on. They've even asked by the prophet, do you have this? No, I don't have it. In his mind, his wife had thrown it away. Sister Ruth had thrown it away. But Brother Biscoe stumbled into some water 
and gotten wet. What a frustrating thing for a, a, a hunter, and especially with Brother Branham, to be hunting with Brother Branham and stumble into some water and have to go back to your tent and reach into your duffel bag and reach for a shirt that he didn't know he had and put it on. Little did he know he was fulfilling the vision. Brother Ruan, I stopped the tape, and I thought, God, maybe today... A person could be stumbling around in their lives, stumbling around and do not even realize they are fulfilling the vision. It happened to be our pastor that I'm referring to with a green checkered shirt. He had to be wearing a certain shirt to fulfill the vision. But it wasn't the way he planned. It wasn't the way he was looking at it. And he had to stumble into something to fulfill the vision. Oh, what an encouragement tonight. I am here on a Sunday night to encourage you. Though the vision tarry, God is going to fulfill the vision. I'm speaking about a word vision. I'm speaking about a vision John saw of that city. Somebody's going to be there. Brother Branham continues on. And in this a matter of a few paragraphs, Brother Ivanenko, he mentions Brother Bisco and Brother Eddie 19 times. Here's a friend of a prophet. That as the years went by, he happened to be sitting right in the service after Future Home where he talks about the caribou and the great grizzly bear and how Brother Bisco was there to shoot the, the caribou. He's a missionary to the Indians and he wanted to feed this to the Indians. And Brother Bisco was standing there right by our side and I said, there's that animal. And he put the glasses on it. It was a big, huge mammoth bull caribou. And I said, I have never seen. And Brother Bam thought they were just these panel horns. But this one had spikes. He was an odd looking fella. Just like I saw in the vision. And he said, well, the Lord give it to you. I said, yes, that's bound to be it. That's the only thing I'm wondering about. That checkered shirt. And I looked around and there was Brother Eddie. His wife must have put it in. She was there with him, must have put it in his duffel bag. When he got wet the day before, he had changed shirts. And there was the checkered shirt. And I said, there it is. I wonder tonight in your stumbling and what you're going through, what you might not realize the Lord is fulfilling the vision in your life. You might be frustrated. You might say, oh, I have to go back to my uh, tin. I have to get, look, I'm all, I'm embarrassed. I'm all wet here. I'm, look at me and have to run back and, and grab into your duffel bag and not knowing you're fulfilling the vision. You're putting on the shirt, you're buttoning it up and you're walking back to be, you don't know you're fulfilling the vision. I said, there it is. And I looked around, Brother Eddie. When he got wet the day before, he had changed shirts and there was the checkered shirt. I said, this is it. I got over and got the caribou and he said, bud, he said, brother Branham, you say these horns are 42 inches. I said, that's what they'll be. And bud said, well, they look like 92 to me. I said, no, they're 42 inches. Here's a man with the prophet 
And it looked so much grayer, like, my, it looks like 90. Like, brother, brother Andy Weathers, where was at his home just this past, uh, Thursday night, and he showed us this great big elk that he had killed. It's fantastic, huge animal. Maybe it was like what brother Bud said, wow, it looks like 92. And brother Bradham said, no, 42 inches. He said, now, according to what you've told me, before we get back, that boy down there with the checkered shirt on, Eddie, because they was going to meet me down below the mountain a couple miles, said, you're going to kill a grizzly bear. And I said, that's saith the Lord. He said, Brother Branham, where is he coming from? I, I can see for 50 miles around. I said, he's still Jehovah Jireh. The Lord can provide for himself. He can make squirrels come into existence. He can make a ram come into existence. If he has spoken about a bear, a bear can come into existence. Friends, it has been spoken. You have a future home. And I want to say tonight, that home is coming into existence. Sister Barb Drake, you have a new body. And though our outward man might fail and get older, we have a new body. Hallelujah. Brother Bud starting doubt, started to doubt it and things. You say, Brother Branham, we're not about a half mile, about a mile from where Eddie and Blaine and them two boys will be standing. That old bear better be showing up. I said, Bud, I believe you're doubting it. He said, Brother Branham, he said, my brother had epileptic fits for so many years. And you told me once the first time up here when we went down to another place and told me what that boy looked like. And Eddie was riding right by my side there on a horse when the Lord gave the vision. This is Bud talking. This is Bud talking about his brother with an epileptic fit. And God gave Brother Branham a vision. I told him what to do with the boy and the fit stopped. He said, I can't doubt it. I said, Bud, I don't know where the bear is coming from. I don't know where the bear is coming tonight. And I don't think there's anybody that has all the answers. We just need to humble ourselves as the prophet. We don't know where the answer may be coming from. But we know our God is a creator. Our God is a healer. And if he doesn't manifest it in this body, I do have a new body. I've never seen it fail. He said, I'm 55 now. He said, that's been about three years ago. I was 52 or 53. I've never seen it fail. Hallelujah. And the story goes on to say a little lower down the hill. We got into the timber and that old bear better be showing up. But Bud said, Hatney, I said, he'll be here. Don't you worry. He said, but I can see every hill. I said, but I see the promise. He said, and he promised. I said, Bud, what is that sitting right over there? He said, it's a big silver tip grizzly. I said, that's him. And we got the grizzly and he, he said, I remember it in the vision. And he goes on to talk about the vision. According to the vision, I shot it in my heart. He said, well, if that's the vision, I'm going to stand by. And that bear started charging them. Some of you know the story. I said, I'm glad that vision said you got him. Because he said, before I could get another bullet in the gun, the bear died about 50 yards from him. It was all white around the mouth. Bud was all white around the mouth. I said, Brother Branham, I didn't want him on my lap. I said, I didn't either. I'm glad the vision said you got him. He said, if that, if them horns are 42 inches... He said, I'm going to, the way he said it, I'm going to have a screaming fit. 
Now that's where some of us here are at tonight. We've heard the word for years. We've heard about a land beyond the river. We've heard about young forever. We've heard about a new body and a future home. And God's making it more real. Sister Essenheiser moved your family from South Africa. Now you're here and your husband's been laid off. And we have questions about why, why, why. God is going to fulfill the vision regardless of what we're going through. He said when he got down to Brother Eddie, I said, Brother Eddie, we tied the horses off because they're all scared of a bear. My, they had it smelled too. We couldn't skin him out. It was too late. Had to come back the next day. And when we broke up this string of horses about 10 times, because the horses were running everywhere, they were smelling the grizzly bear. They were smelling and they were running. They were spooked all night. That's about like the devil right now. God's got him spooked. He's trying to get the bride here and stop a church here and put fear on this. But right in the middle of that comes a promise. I'm giving you a promise. He said, we got out the tape measure and we got out the tape measure out of his saddle bag. And I said, Blaine said, yes. I said, yes to brother Eddie. I said, watch that little hand now according. I thought it might've been Billy Paul because B- Billy Paul and brother Biscoe's about the same age. A little bitty hand held the tape me- measure around the horn. I said, watch that little hand and punched brother Eddie and we stepped back. He put it right up like that exactly on the nose, 42 inches. He said, just exactly. Jesus never fails. I wonder tonight if this chapel can just say that Jesus never fails. I wonder in Cloverdale, if you can say that out, scream it out. Jesus never fails. That word will never fail as long as it comes from God. I want to just say tonight, there's a little bride that has confidence in the vision. The bride has confidence in the vision of the word. The promise of the word will come to pass. Even if it lingers, even if it tarries, it shall come to pass. I hear something from that other land calling to us tonight. Even if you stumble in the water and are frustrated, be mindful. The vision is coming to pass. Now in conclusion for tonight. This is why we've spoken this way for the last month. This is the spiritual reason that we felt to bring these certain messages in these months in this way is for this reason. And it goes back to what Brother Branham was speaking about in a season beyond the curtain of time. And if you want to listen to that message, it's 1961, March the 3rd. I see Brother Arevis writing it down because he'll probably be listening to it by tonight or tomorrow morning at school. March the 5th, 1961, beyond the curtain of time. Brother Branham opens the service. And he speaks about a young lady. Her name is Margaret that had literally lost her mind. Then he has a baby dedication. So again, his mind is on the children. And his mind is on the families. And his mind is on the young people. Then the experience of beyond the curtain of time is expressed 
in the Sunday morning service. I'm taking all three of those events and bringing them in conclusion tonight. Brother Branham gives a prayer request at the start of the service about a sister. Her name was Margaret. Now remember about the coffee some of you drank today or maybe yesterday. Or maybe you drank on Friday or you drank last week. You say, I've heard about Margaret. I've heard about this. I've heard about beyond the curtain of time. But I'm ending the service tonight putting this all together. The very same thing that delivered Margaret is going to deliver someone in 2020 that has the same issues. The same spiritual principle that had a prophet deliver a three and a half hour service. Drive back to Arizona and come back to his home church and not take a part two. But actually ask for the questions of the people and speak about domestic affairs and marriages and mixed marriages and birth control. And what's on the heart? Maybe you have an arrogant husband or an arrogant wife. He took four services. Shows the heart of the good shepherd. That I can tell you where you're going. I can tell you about your new body. But I'm also here with you. Down where you're living right now. And here Sunday morning. Brother Branham gives a prayer request to the congregation. And ask about Margaret. He said I want you to remember in prayer. This young lady about 18 years old. She's a twin. And I'm just going to go through this quickly, but you know the you know the story about how she was a twin, and and that those in the school was just making making mockery of this young Christian uh, young girls. And tell them about how what part of life they were missing. They could live like the rest of the girls, and one of the girls was able to override it. But Margaret, she had a complex and she felt bad about it and started drifting away and drifting further back. Just started worrying about it. And she got into a mental breakdown and in an insane ward. And her father and mother, mother, their name was brother and sister Huff, H-U-F-F. They came from Crandall, Indiana, over to this institution. That was in Louisville, which is right across the river from Jeffersonville. But on Monday, they were going to take Margaret to Madison, Madison, Indiana. That's right. Well, where brother John is raised and my, my brother lives near there today. But Monday they were going to take her to an insane place where there's padded cells and walls. Margaret was a Christian. She was a young lady that had been raised in a Christian home with her sister. And he said there was no physical break in the girl. Nothing physically. She's perfectly healthy. But he said it's hard to explain. It really cannot be explained. But her spirit had wandered. And you've got to catch her spirit and bring it back to the place. Stay with me tonight. I'm ending with this. What was happening there is happening today. And the same thing that brought Margaret back is going to bring our mothers back. It's going to bring our husbands back. It's going to bring back our young people that have wondered and and their spirit has wondered. It's going to be the atmosphere of that other place brought into this place. Let me just say something here. Someone today that does not want to be around home, they don't want to be around their home, something's not right. If there's someone that does not want to go back home and they're restless and they're nervous and they don't want to, something's not right. Because home should be a place of rest. It should be a refuge. 
It should be a place we can run to and feel safe. It's Satan that come into Margaret's life. It's Satan that comes today to rob away the promise of our future home. And get us at home down here. And get us carnal minded. And get us battling in Laodicea. We are not of this world. You are not going to win down here the way the world wins. Our goal should not be a millionaire down on earth. If you're a millionaire tonight, you need to use that money for the gospel. There are needy ones in the church that if the rapture happened tomorrow and you've got a million dollars in the bank, I say shame on you for not using what God put into your hands for the gospel. We've got widows here. We've got young people. We've got ones that are very needy even in these last months. Our goal is not to be a millionaire. It's not to have a bigger palace and a bigger house. Though that's nice. Our main thing is our future home. That's the mother of our hearts. That's the father of our hearts. And Margaret was in a very horrible place in Louisville that night. And Brother Branham in the morning service is asking the congregation, would you pray for me? I need to go and pray for her. Because her spirit has wandered. She was a beautiful young lady and her mother was actually beautiful. I don't want to get into much personal things, but Brother Branham called her uh, the mother who was one of his girlfriends when he was younger. Used to be one of my girlfriends. She was a nice little lady. So Brother Branham's going back into their their heritage and is a real uh, home, a sweet little girl. She's got a lovely husband and I know him too. They raised those children to serve the Lord and put them in school. And they were really grounded in Christ, not to do the things that's wrong. And right in the service, when Brother Bradham's talking about Margaret, all of a sudden in the back's a young man that starts to resist and fight. And he said, that young man, just a few moments ago, I gazed into the little boy, has the very same thing, exactly. Right in the service. So it's girls, it's boys, it's on the young, it's on the old. It's pressure. And right in the service, there's a young man that has it. And he said, Brother Neville and Brother Wright. And they had went down there. Brother Wright was a deacon in the church, the Branham Tabernacle. And Brother Branham said, we went down there. And that young man's in a complete break. He'd run me out of the house. A good friend of Brother Orville and I. Just be like a father. I married his father and mother. And he'd just jump and scream and say, get out of here. Get out of here. He's talking about a young man. In their church. Brother Branham said. We had to go out there into the line of the spirit. And catch that boy's spirit. A lot of grief had come into his little heart. And he's young. And he's seen a lot. And it just brought him right back to a place. Where where he should be. You see in a few days. He was all right. Glory to God. Somebody was spiritual to go after a young man's heart and bring him back again. And Brother Branham was not embarrassed to say he's in our church. Now there's a young lady. He said, that's the same thing we've got to do on this. I've seen it. And I request all of you to pray that God will help me to find this little girl out here in a place where she don't know where she's at. And bring her back to her place. That avenue comes through faith. She can't have faith for herself. She don't know where she's at or anything. It's got to take our faith here. I'm just got to cut out a lot. 
Brother Branham gives the prayer request of Margaret. He has a baby dedication. And they go right on to speaking about beyond the curtain of time. He talks about that other place and going there. And there's young people coming, young ladies and young men in their 20s. And y'all remember beyond the curtain of time. They're running to Brother Branham and they were young and they were youthful. That's in the morning. He drives across the river in the afternoon. Prays for Margaret. And you all remember the story. She's just looking. Oh, oh, oh. He's having to go up an elevator and through these doors and in padded cells. He finally walks in and Margaret is there. She's just lost her mind. But in just a matter of a few minutes, God allowed a prophet. As he's just praying, Lord, Lord, what would, would you say anything? Would you say anything? They've tried shock treatments. They've tried psychiatry. They've tried all kinds of doctors and everything. And they put her into a cell and tomorrow they were going to take her. Don't you remember me, Margaret? And it just, she just kept looking at me. She couldn't make out anything. The only thing she keeps talking about is blood on the highway and things. And how long has this been going on? Two years. I just kept talking to her. But oh, for the grace of God. Just in a few minutes, the Holy Spirit began to move in. And I said, Margaret, you don't know me. But I said, all your life, since you've been big enough to know about boys, you've always had in your mind you were going to marry a preacher. You wanted to marry a preacher. And she started to smile. That caught. And I seen the Holy Spirit had it. And I said, thus saith the Lord, it's over. Hallelujah. Just a matter of a few words and a few moments. Somebody's sensitive. And Brother Bannon walks out of the door. Goes back to the tabernacle. Brother Huff gets on the phone and said, You know what happened when you left here? Brother Branham, the doctors walked in here and said, What happened? The girls come to herself. We're going to take her home tomorrow. She's dismissed. She's normally as well as anybody could be. She's home tonight rejoicing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many believe that happened? 1961. But do you know what brought that on? It was an atmosphere of beyond the curtain of time. And a prayer request to the congregation. And a man under anointing. Under that beyond the curtain of time. To speak about what's on the other side. Brought realities. Back to a wandering spirit. That had lost home. For two years. I would say as our musicians come, but I know some are distracted when I say that. So I'll say this tonight. It is in speaking about our future home and beyond the curtain of time that will bring the elect seed back to their right minds again. It is speaking about the realities of that other side and bringing it back into this dimension, even to things that are troubling on the people's minds. Is the very heart that will catch a wandering spirit and bring it back to their ought to be condition again. And I wonder tonight, God help us to be more sensitive to that atmosphere. God help us to be more sensitive that we would catch the wandering hearts, wandering spirits. That God would use you today, this week, to be sensitive To bring back some wandering heart. It's an example in the message. 
that this experience of Margaret and that public expression of beyond the curtain of time in the same service that brought Margaret right back to her ought-to-be condition is the same thing in September the 20th, 2020, that's going to bring sons and daughters back to their ought-to-be condition. Something that will make them love home again. Something that will put them back up on the track of being a son and being a daughter of God. Someone to come to themselves so that we can go home. Who wants to go home? Who wants to be changed? I see it in Coverdale. God bless you, Sister Rena. God bless you, Sister Esther. That has been such a blessing to Sister Rena. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for this Christ will last. Let's fulfill the vision tonight. Let's fulfill the vision of what God has prepared for us. In Jesus' name. God bless you, Brother Ryan and Brother Derek. Brother Josh, would you come? Let's stand tonight to our feet. If you could just play something, Brother Ryan. Oh, Jesus. Bring the realities of this joy to our hearts. For you're creating us to be your joy. You are bringing these things into our hearts. You are bringing this vision to be made more clear, Lord. Oh, Jesus. We have Margaret's in this generation now. We have young men like Brother Branham spoke about even in this very service. Beyond the curtain of time, we have young men like that in our generation. We have mothers also in our time. We have fathers in our time. We have young ones. We have old ones. Lord, don't let us lose the vision. Let us focus our hearts, Lord, on a higher plane on a higher realm of thinking, higher objectives, deeper realms, that we can feed from your word, Lord, and be changed. That some wandering heart, some spirit that has moved out there, some young man, some young lady. Oh, God. As I spoke to a brother this week, these old enough to be my father he's a believer of this message older, old enough for me to be his son but he spoke about how recently he went through this himself he lost his mind he lost his reasoning he lost, he began to say things irrational, he began to do certain things, he lost his sleep, he began to make things, say things that were not even normal He confessed to us. This went on for weeks and weeks. And as it built up in his life, his dear wife, that we know well, good Christians, good believers. She had to drive him certain places he couldn't even go. And 
the minister, the local minister said, I'll take him for the day. Just have him come over. That's why they're kneeling down by the little flower bed. Just planting a seed and doing some yard work. Just with the minister being sensitive to the situation. Saying, God, what can we do? Help my brother. Bring my brother back to his mind again. Just laying his hand over on his shoulder and praying for him. Didn't change immediately. It didn't change just that very moment. But as the man got up and went back and his wife continued to drive him and all of a sudden he got into the vehicle one day and he spoke to his wife and he said, I'm back again. I'm back again. God had caught his wandering spirit and brought it back again. I'm so happy to sit face to face with him this week and hear his testimony. It gave me such an encouragement that God knows all of us. He knows our people. He knows the sisters. He knows the brothers. And if something has come into your lives that has made home a distant place, made your future home some dream or something out there tonight and these meetings that God would bring it close to you. Just bring the atmosphere into the chapel. Just bring the atmosphere into Cloverdale Bible Way. Bring it into the homes of the people to let them know they are connected. They are not alone. Jesus, we pray for one another right now. We pray, Lord, before we would have said lay hands on one another. But Lord, tonight, may the Holy Ghost touch the hearts of every believer and every one of your sheep, Lord, and strengthen them on the inward man and their souls, but also in their spirits, also in their bodies. May there come a global sweep out across the earth as we know one of the promises of the third pool is when you see the squeeze and when you see these things begin to happen, watch the third pool then. Watch the Spirit of God in the Word. What is He saying to the church? Lord, you have spoken to us. You have spoken to all of us. To know that our efforts are not in vain. Bless your people tonight, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Glory to God, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Who would like to praise Him with me just for a little bit? Who would like to find the feet of Jesus? As we heard this morning, who would like to find the feet of Jesus? And say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my everything. I give you my all. Be mother of my heart. Be the father of my life. I want this home to be more real to me, God. Oh, wash the feet of your father. He's gone to prepare a place. He's in the building tonight. He's in your home there. He steps out of the shadows. Oh, God, go catch the wandering hearts of our sons, Lord.
Go catch the daughters that we have. You have given us beautiful ladies that have grown up now in the message. But sometimes grief strikes or a situation happens. And they start to wonder, oh God, restore, Lord, and bring back to home those of your children that are predestinated. In Jesus' name, Lord, we worship you. At the close of this service, Brother Derek and Brother Ryan, hallelujah, lead us in some songs now. Let's worship him now.
of your heart and it's only getting greater it's only getting stronger we pray for you we pray for each one of you you that are in Cloverdale you that are in this chapel you that are on the internet you that are distributed out across the lands we as brother Murphy said we'd love to all be together you know who wins God wins. Do you know who wins? The bride wins. Those that have been connected to the word, there's not going to be any social distancing in heaven. You don't find that in heaven where we're going to be wearing masks. Down here on earth, we have to wear a mask. Sometimes we go into stores. We go, we go into this building here tonight on the U.S. side. When we all leave here, we put on a mask. But it's not part of our garments over there. Amen. Sister Valentine, it's not part of our garment on the other side. Do you know how many people in these last several months, Brother John has prayed for with stomach issues and pains in their stomach, pressure, stress, and it'll hit you there in, on the inside, in the stomach part. It's there where all the organs are in it comes right down there that's where pressure is so satan wants to take away your rest he wants to tell you you got cancer he wants to tell you you're gonna die of this he's gonna try to put something on you that you can't bear you're gonna break under this and god's word says no you're not gonna break under this you're a believer you're a son and daughter of god And the Father has said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Brother Branham said, it's the mother of our hearts. wonder if the director can just pan the audience, please. Whoever it is there, Brother Phil, Brother Dan, Brother Mike. Can you just pan the audience a little bit in the congregation in Cloverdale? We love you. Out across the miles and through this chapel, we love you. Brother Caleb, can you just show a back shot of this? Brother Michael, Brother John, can we show from the back of the chapel here? Can we show on the screen? Just from the back. 
some of you might not be aware there's reasons why we can't always show the faces of the people here on the U.S. side but I want you to know there's no border going to stop us from the rapture there's no government going to say we can't make it in the rapture we're going to be there and our offspring with us we love family of God thank you brothers and sisters thank you for these few moments Brother Ryan, can you sing that song special a little bit? And we'll sing as a congregation. Brother Derek can help us. And this will be our closing for tonight before we go.
bless you tonight. You are dismissed. Be mindful of the Holy Spirit. Now he would deal with you personally. Maybe be dealing with your loved ones, your family members. Drive safely on the roads. Remember to be conscious of your surroundings. Make sure you wear a mask. Be socially distanced outside. We'll see you again here next Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. We'll be joining with you the services that we're able to stream online. Once again, God bless you. We'll just sing another song. If you want to linger, if you want to stay, Brother John, I'm sure, is happy to pray with you. If you need prayer, we'll just sing a few songs, but you are dismissed in Jesus' name.
Thank you. 